Good afternoon. Today I am thrilled to have Tony Forder back with me to talk about the new Bliss book. Hiya Tony, would you like to introduce yourself again? Hi Donna, thank you very much for having me on your wonderful show. Um, yeah, my name is Tony Forder and I am responsible for the Bliss series. Um, and yes, um, so we're in the run-up now, getting very close to the launch of the Autumn Tree, uh, which is the eighth full-length Bliss book, the ninth book in all, because the other one uh, is a novella. And yeah, and it's by the time it comes out on Monday, it'll be nine months since Slow Slicing. So it's it's uh, quite a big gap for me um, to have in between, you know, books and the Bliss journey. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it being out and, and not done with, but just for people to be able to have it and for, and to, I mean, I've already seen a good number of reviews, but obviously I've got the blog tour as well next week, so I'm looking forward to hearing what people have to say about it. And would you like to briefly give an outline of what it's about? Yeah, well, essentially... We find Jimmy Bliss at the start of this um, both demoted and demoralised um, after his previous case. Um, he's, he's probably fortunate to still have a job, um, but he has got a job and he now has to work alongside fellow officers, either at the same level or with one of them. Um, so it's a, it's a very different environment for him to be working. And he's, he's not exactly sulking about it, but he's not exactly thrilled either. Um, and he gets called out to a case which really shouldn't be his, and he's a bit perturbed as to why he's been called out to this uh, dead body in Cambridge. Um, and it, he even after looking at the young girl who's been strangled uh, over on the chalk pits just outside Cambridge, uh, he... He can't quite figure out why he's there. Um, it's only afterwards speaking to the uh, the main detective in the case that he realises that they found um, a business partner. On the back of it was written um, some, something along the lines of um, get out of jail free. And he realises he only ever wrote that five times and gave it to five people. But the dead body is not one of those five. So this intrigues him, and the business card means that he's kind of suspected at first of being somehow involved with this girl. But at the same time, he now thinks, why has she got that card and did it lead to her death? So he he gets his boss to muscle her way through to get him the case, basically, or his squad the case. Because as uh, Penny Chandler is fond of reminding him throughout, you're not the boss anymore, Jimmy. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so it, it's, um, but he is in, in many respects, obviously, because of his experience and people still look up to him. So he follows the case through and his squad follow the case through, but they keep stumbling over things and they get masses of information, but none of it really leads them anywhere. They keep bumping up against brick walls and they don't really know. And every time they think they kind of got a handle on it, something else happens that makes them rethink completely. 
so that, that that's the way the case continues. At the same time, he's also, as is his want, working off books on something. Um, and that relates to uh, somebody who got off with something as far as he's concerned, and he wants them to pay for it. So you've got these two things working alongside each other throughout the book. And as usual, um, all the little threads come together, start rushing forwards towards the end. And then there's a, a big turnaround in the case when they realise that what they thought they had on their hands isn't that at all. And it's something far, far worse. Of course, I can't tell you the end. I know. <laughs> and we can't talk about if there's any more. <laughs> Not until after it's out, anyway. No, it's one. It's one of those things where I, I kind of apologised to um, the blog tour people because I said I know I've kind of hampered you with this because of the way this book ends, um, and there's a lot you can't say about it, but. Um, so far, my ARC readers have, have managed really well to avoid um, dropping any spoilers. So, uh, yeah, in a way, I, I mean, I know it will all be, all will be revealed as from next Monday. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that it can keep quiet for a little while. And how many uh, abusive swearing messages have you had <laughs> from the ARC readers? <laughs> Well, obviously, I've had a few from my art readers as to, <laughs> yeah, there have been a few people with cursing me. And, uh, yeah, at least two of the bloggers um, have also kind of had a bit of a go at me as well. So <laughs> <laughs> I, it was something I expected, you know. But it's, uh, it's one of those things you can't please everybody as a writer. <laughs> that pleases you. Don't even lie. <laughs> that people won't be happy about. So, you know, it's kind of a double whammy. You love it when people get annoyed, though. I do. Actually, yeah. Well, I, I think if people, as much as I, I like people laughing along with the humorous parts, if people get annoyed with you as well, it means they're emotionally invested. You know, and uh, for me, that's a big part of the books. You know, I, I, as I've said before, you know, I'm not looking to create, you know, great literary works. I'm looking to entertain people. And if you can make people a laugh along the way and perhaps shed a tear here and there and actually be angry with you for doing something because they're so invested in the characters, then, you know, I always treat that as a positive. And, uh, yeah, there's a couple of bits there. When I wrote them, I was secretly, you know, chuckling behind my hand like a, like a naughty little school kid thinking, oh, I wonder, <laughs> you know, I wonder what they're going to say to that. This does but, not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, you sort of, you're, you're conscious of most of the things that you write at the time. But when you edit it, you're more aware. Um, but on those on those occasions, they were you know they were done deliberately and they were schemed, and I yeah I did chuckle about them, <laughs> even the things that 
chuckle over, I chuckled over, which <laughs> might have made some demonic, I think. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, I was quite interested in the research that you had to do for that, especially uh, some areas must have been quite um, eye-opening. Um, yeah, I think we can kind of mention the, um, the sex trade, as it were. <clears throat> um, I don't think that's too much of a, a spoiler. Um, yeah, that was interesting. I mean, and it was all research done purely for this book, obviously. Of course, um, yeah. <laughs> of remote interest to me personally. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there was obviously some of it I was aware of, having worked in, well, I mean, I think most people are generally aware now of the dark web. Um, but um, it was something that, because I worked in the IT business, I kind of had to dig into to a certain degree. Um, so I know a certain amount about what goes on. Um, and so, you know, I kind of bought some of that, some of the things that I had to do in my work, actually, in terms of, you know, because when you work in education and you, and you do work in various schools, you're working with, a, you know, perhaps hundreds of individuals who want to do the worst things they can do on a computer just to, just to piss you off kind of thing, you know. They, they treat it as a, a personal affront if they can't get through your security system. So, um, you know, I had to develop security systems that kept them out. But to do so, I had to go there first. You know, so in order to prevent access to the dark web, I had to go to the dark web and find my way of accessing it so, kind of thing. So, yeah, that, that, was a, that was an experience. And the sex trade, of course, is... Uh, something that unfortunately um it's almost become more respectable these days but it's um it, i still found it interesting um depressing you know i mean and horrible but interesting at the same time because there's always something new to find out and there's always something new going on some kind of development uh, and, I, you know, I've watched a couple of documentaries as well that specifically targeted this, this kind of thing. So that really helped with my research, you know, watching them, seeing how it's done uh, and doing my own spin on it, you know, obviously. But, um, it, yeah, the research was fascinating. But, yeah, I felt as though I needed a real hot, long shower afterwards. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I needed to scrub myself clean. <laughs> yeah. I imagine your your search history also needed to be scrubbed clean. <laughs> oh, I, I can't even imagine. You know, I mean I would just hold my hands up and say, Yeah, put me away. So, <laughs> no, I mean seriously, I've never cleaned my search history, so um I dread to think what's on there now. Oh, <laughs> Well, you're still going and you haven't been arrested, so I'm sure it's fine. No, I suspect by now they've probably, you know, if they've if they found if they found anything to do with me running these searches, then they'll realise, you know, what I do for a living as well. 
And hopefully they'll put it down to that, or I might just get a knock on the door one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'll just point to my books and say, there you go, there's my explanation. <laughs> <laughs> just hope there's nothing on your search history that's not in any of them that yet then. <laughs> oh, that will be something, because then I can just say, well, I'm researching for the next book. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we spoke last time, didn't we, about the significance of the tree, um, and that was one of the things that inspired it. And uh, but I think um, autumn is kind of relation uh, relating to Jimmy's career as well, isn't it? It's like a little. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hesitate to sort of say that it's there's a theme running through it because it sounds a bit, you know, authory and. <laughs> You know, you are an author, though, so you know well, you're an Two or three, you know, it sounds as though I'm, I'm trying to say more about it than there actually exists. But it's funny how this kind of theme came together, and there was a kind of sense of you know the I mean, apart from the autumn tree um, and the link, the connections to someone in it, and the connection to yeah how. Bliss Fields being in the autumn of his career kind of thing. And, yeah, it did become thematic, although I tried not to think about it that way. But I couldn't really stop it. And I found a great quote which I use as well um, at the beginning of the book, uh, which mentions both the uh, you know autumn tree and bliss. It all came together quite nicely. And, and I, I wasn't inspired by the theme. It was kind of I just became aware of a theme growing around me. Um, and, yeah, it very much reflected in how Jimmy's feeling at this point as he approaches the end of his career. Yeah, which is in some ways is quite sad, but is, is also um, revealing in terms of his approach to it and, and perhaps a change in outlook. Um, but then we don't know how much more of his career he's got, do we? We don't. <laughs> well, we do, but we can't say. <laughs> uh, well, well, you do, because you've read it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's again, it's one of those things I can't talk about. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of it did lead towards him feeling as if, you, you know, reluctantly this is the last phase. I shall say no more about that. <laughs> um, you had, what's his name? Who stepped up? Bish. That's it. Um, would you do anything more with him? Um, would you give him his own series or Tana? No, I think if I was going to deviate from Bliss now, and do and work more on the story of the team, I think it would be Penny Chandler. Um, I like I like Bish, but, you know, Chandler has got her own kind of following, uh, you know, not, not as much as Bliss, but she has got a, a acquired her own following. And she's always been his partner and, and, and to the forefront much more than um, Bishop. So 
although he's stepped up, you know, for, for this book into acting DI and as I refer to in the book, and again, it's no spoiler, he, he's, he's not quite sure what he wants to do. He wants, he kind of, one part of him wants to become a DI, mainly for the hiking salary and, and, and kind of prestige and, you know, and the career move. But he also knows that the way the modern police force runs, it, he won't get away with what Bliss has got away with. He won't be a real hands-on DI. So he might have to be much more of a bureaucrat than he wants to be. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I've thought about it before, you know, long before the end of this book. And I have thought about giving Penny Chandler her own. Um, so, you know, if, if it becomes a, a DS Chandler series, and, you know, I would definitely consider doing that because I like her as a character. And I kind of know her well as a character now. So I think I could pull it off. Yeah. What would the Blissettes do? We'd be heartbroken. <laughs> yeah, you've <met> the <laughs> I haven't got the same ring to it. <laughs> um, well, you know, everything has to come to an end, doesn't it? Um, but no, we it can be, you can sort of kind of look back on Bliss's career as a Blissette and sort of, <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know what to say, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where, as you know, uh, I could have done anything to avoid him being the age he is. I wouldn't. But things conspired against me at that point. So he's really, he's really 12 years older than I wanted him to be. Um, I won't go into all that history and detail of how that happened. <laughs> but the fact that he is is something I have to deal with if I want to work with them in real time. And I noticed that you decided to not include COVID in the end because I know that was something you were debating with quite a lot when you were writing it. Yeah, well, I kind of made vague references to certain things like, um, you know, plastic or barriers being up and things having changed and businesses having gone out of business. But I didn't make any direct reference to it because it, in the end, I thought it's either got to be one thing or another. And I'm, I, don't, I don't actually stipulate which year it's set in, although if you follow the series, you'll know which year it's set in. But I just thought I'm going to leave it. I'm just not going to mention it directly and I'm not going to have any kind of overt residue of it throughout the book. I'm just going to write the book. Um, and if I'm happy with it as it is, then that's fine. And at the end of it, I was. You know, I, I read through it before, you know, before I sent it to my editor and I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. And if people will either be okay with that or they won't. I mean, you know, we, we both know there are some people out there who are very strict about that kind of thing, about authenticity and, you know, rigidity on those kind of terms. And, and I'm just not. And I'm happy readers aren't, you know, agree with them 
because if they do, then they do. But I think more people will just accept it for the book it is rather than something it doesn't include. Hopefully they'll focus on, on the words that are there and the story that's there. Um, because, you know, as I said recently on a promo, um, yeah, I'm proud of this one. I, I, I think this is my best book in terms of when you put all of the ingredients together in terms of storyline, characters, dialogue, um, you know, darkness and light, all the, everything that compiles a book, I, I just to me, this has got the right amount of each ingredient to suit the story. Um, and, yeah, I, I, you know, whatever other people say, and I know I've had some great reviews so far from art readers, um, whatever people say, I, I just think this is probably my best piece of work. And it yeah. makes them fun even harder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I think that anyway, but um, I think pretty much it must be nearly 100% of your ARC reviews have said that it's your best one yet. Yeah, well, I think it's in terms of, I, I, I know a lot of people are reluctant to say which they favour. I mean, I've run a couple of polls in my uh, in my group, haven't I? And there's a there's reluctance because, unfortunately, if you allow people to choose make four choices they'll make four choices um so uh, people are reluctant to sort of say that one you know um a lot of people favor uh, endless silent stream um other people who like things slightly darker are with slow slicing but i think this one has a bit of everything in it and yeah i think it's uh, probably the majority of people who have read so far have said that they think it's the best one. Um, and I I was so anxious about that because I rarely, as you know, I rarely think about my books positively. I always think that I could have improved it, I could have done something different. And that's probably still the case. When I look back on this in a year's time, I'll probably think of ways I could have improved it. But right now, and right when I'd finished, I thought, yeah, this is the one. You know, which for me was wonderful because it meant that I was able to still improve upon the last one, which at the time I thought was my best one. You know, but um, as I've said to you before, and I've probably said elsewhere in other pieces I've written, there's a point you can't improve. You can improve as a writer, probably, but you sometimes won't improve in terms of the next book. You know, there has to come a cut-off point where you plateau for a little while. You know, it just simply has to. Every writer does that. Um, so you can't always improve. And, you know, that's that's always the inner struggle for the next time around, you know, which, you know, no matter what book that is. Um, so without going into spoilers for Bliss, last time we spoke, you'd started writing a new series. So how's that going? Well, I have that out with three beta readers. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how it's going. I've reached the point where I was happy enough to send it to three beta readers. And, uh, uh, you know, as I did with the last book, they're strictly, rather than send it out to a number of people and get too much feedback, I wanted to limit the kind of feedback. And they all read it slightly differently 
and do slightly different things. So from the three responses, it will give me an idea. Now, I had a couple of concerns, and I've had one, one person feedback to me so far, and they echoed those concerns. So I was happy about that because it's easy for me as the writer to have a concern because um, some things, you know, you do at the wrong or right time and some things are a little less obvious or more obvious. But because you're the writer, you don't know how a new reader will see that. So it's obvious to me what's happening because I'm writing it. But will that be obvious to the reader or will it be too obvious to the reader? You know, will I give away too much? Um, and I... And I... Th scene which gave away too much and yeah i was proven right so i was glad about that uh, but generally speaking um you know and it's just one response so far they were extremely enthusiastic about it they said they kind of at first it was kind of oh this is they were, you know they had bliss in their head and these are new characters. So it took them a little while to kind of, you know, erase bliss and start thinking, no, new characters, new characters. And, uh, yeah, so in terms of what I asked them to look for, which was to check out the storyline, was it a good storyline? You know, were there any plot holes? Did you warm to the characters? Would you read another one? Um, you know, it was all positive. Um, they went as actually the Blissettes got a mention. They said he, uh, the response was even hardened Blissettes will like this one. <laughs> um, yeah, that was positive. Um, the other two are equally honest. Um, so they might come up with more negative things. I mean, there were some negative things in it where I'd kind of, um, you know, the odd, not just typos and that kind of thing. But the odd thing, I hadn't perhaps tied off well enough or hadn't, you know, I'd been a bit too brief about something and it needed a deeper explanation. So I, that's what I've been working on today. So I've made a few significant changes today um, and I've finished all those from that one person. So that feedback has been brilliant. Uh, it's helped me reshape the book for the better. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I was pleased with it at the end, but I didn't know how pleased. You know what I'm like. Okay. You know, you you know, I, 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 you know, I sat on fifteen coffins for well over a year because I didn't want to publish it, and you know, it turned out to be a firm favourite with people. So uh, I'm the last person to judge, which is why you know. Give it over to beta readers now, then give it over to an editor, and then let's see what happens. You know, but as a first book, uh, I got yeah, it was definitely a thumbs up in terms of enjoyed reading this and would want to read a second. So that was pleasing. Good, that's pleasing to me as well. <laughs> what I'm going to do with it, I don't know. Whether I send it to a publisher or whether I do it all myself again. You know, as I think I mentioned to you before that this might be the right time mm -hmm. to approach another publisher at the very start of a brand new series 
um, if I want to be published again. Um, the, we've spoken before about the pros and cons. Um, more time spent writing, less time spent doing the bits that I don't like. But at the same time, you hand over a great deal of. So I, I got to weigh those options up. I, the first thing I want to do is, I mean, I'm finished the book, but I'm not finished the book. You know, I'm finished it as far as uh, taking it as far as I can go without input. So once the beta readers have been back to me, I've taken everything that they've got to say in and I've made the changes. I'll do one more read through and then I'll make some decisions about what I'm going to do with it. But it's written, it's done, and there is definitely a possibility. I already have the second storyline um, in my head. So I know how I'm going to begin that. So as for what my next book is, it might be the second one of that, or it might be, who knows, might be a Penny Chandler book. I, I At this stage, I don't know. I just want to, I needed to get The Autumn Tree published, and I needed to get this other one, which is at the moment called The Huntsman. Um, I needed to get that done. And that, then I'll take a little bit of a break and, and see what I am after that. Sounds like a good plan. Well, there's a lot of factors, you know. I need to see how well the autumn tree does. I need to see whether this new book is really going to cut it, you know, and I have to be certain that it will. I don't want to put out something that, that you know, I don't want it to be compared to Bliss, which it inevitably will be, I guess, because it's just it's another UK-based crime book. So I guess there will be some comparisons. But I wanted the characters to be completely different, the story and the way of writing to be very different, the setting to be very different, so that people eventually, my readers, will eventually stop comparing it to Bliss. And hopefully, because it's different, it will gain new readers. Um, but all of that is yet to be seen. There's a lot of decisions to be made, and I need the information. So. <clears throat> I think because um, uh, I read Malcolm Hollandrake and you know that he's done his um, Harrogate series and now he's got his Merseyside series and he's gone from male main characters to female main characters and then moved it to Liverpool. And when I read the second one, I don't think I even thought about Harrogate. I knew that oh. I was reading something else. So I don't think even in the first one because it was so different. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very much hoping the same thing will be the case for this, that people will understand it's, you know, it's a completely different series and, and not to make comparisons because it won't be the same. You know, there won't be the Chandler Bliss banter, but there'll be a different kind of banter because these two new characters, um, and again, it's a male and female, but they're very different in the way they're set up. Um, even though the, you know, the, the, the male character is the more senior, um, they don't act like that. And they're very different from each other. And they're very different from Bliss and Chandler. 
So I'm hoping that people will take on their new quirks and foibles and, you know, um, but I've, what I've done in this one very deliberately is write it so differently as well, which will be another factor in people hopefully not making comparisons because um, I've done less backstory. I've done smaller chapters. I've, you know, I've made it, pretty much all investigation, 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 you know, so that it doesn't back off from that at all to dwell on anything else. So I've, I've very deliberately made it a, a completely different book. Um, I suspect people will recognize, you know, you, you can't keep out all of your own style, but I suspect most, you know, a lot of people, like 15 Coffins, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily have known that I'd written it. Um, and I'm hoping that some people will look at it and think, you know, it is a completely different book. Like my Mike Lynch books are very different. You know, um, <clears throat> you can only try. Uh, it's very hard if you keep in the same specific genre. I mean, crime and crime. Um, but yeah, the change of place had to happen. Otherwise, I'd never have shrugged off that Bliss and Chandler shadow kind of thing, you know. So everything about it is different other than the fact that it's a crime book. Um, and, uh, you know, again, the this, this subject matter is quite dark. Uh, it's really ugly, actually. Um, but again, there are some light-hearted moments. And um, it's, yeah, as I say, it, it's an unknown thing for me at this point but I kind of read it and thought yeah I, I think people will enjoy it and that's all I can say you know because not every Bliss reader has liked my other works you know not everybody has liked the Mike Lynch stuff or Degrees of Darkness or 15 Coffins um, so they might not like this you know but that's you can't you can't just carry on writing the same thing. Well, I can't. I mean, I need that diversion. Yeah, I know. You're too, uh, you can't get stuck in a rut. You need change, don't you? Well, it helps me, I think, as a writer to kind of explore different things, even if they don't work. You know, I mean, I've, as you know, I loved the Mike Lynch books. I mean, they haven't really worked for me as an author. You know, they haven't sold in their millions. Um, but I think they've helped me as a writer. So, therefore, there's a good reason for, for them to exist, you know. Um, and some people enjoy them, you know. And if, and if some people enjoy them and I've got something out of them, then that's great. And it'll be the same for this, you know. If I can interest a publisher, if that's the way I choose to go, um, and I can get a new readership from that, then that's great. Um, I'm happy, really happy to keep this very much apart from Bliss. It's what I want to do, and I need to do that. Make sure they're treated as two entirely different bodies of work. And as you say, Malcolm pulled it off with his stuff. Um, and again, he's kind of done a similar thing. He's gone from self-publishing recently. I know he was published before, same publishers, um, 
Um, but he went from self-publishing his Harrogate books to now being published again. So, um, you know, perhaps we see the same kind of pros and cons and have decided that a new series is the right time to try again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was the same when I spoke to him. He said um, that it was the stuff that he didn't like doing was the reason that he went to publishers again so that he could just write. But he's still going to self-publish and write Harrogate. And then yeah. yeah, and then I will do the same. Um, I would definitely, even if I went to another publisher with that series, I would write other things myself, um, whatever they might be. Um I am dedicated now to writing that third Mike Lynch book. I don't know when. It certainly won't be the next book, but, you know, I do want to write one. And, you know, as I say, perhaps um, another, perhaps going down the Penny Chandler route as well, that might spawn another different kind of series. I don't know. Yeah, that would be cool. We'd have to think of a different name. No, Chandra's doesn't work. <laughs> no, <John. laughs> no I, I don't think there will be a, a hashtag for her. <laughs> I don't know. If I could come up with Blissettes, then I'm sure there's something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, she's a very again, she's a different character to Bliss, but she's a, you know, she's a more warm and uh, open kind of character. You know, she's. Uh, She's very much what you see is what you get. And um, she's she can be spiky too. So I, I like her <laughs> I like her sarcasm and her wit. So I, I think I could have uh, a great deal of fun with her character. Definitely. Yeah. And it, you just need to, Bliss just needs a hug. That's it. He just needs a hug. He just needs love. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, again, I can't, I can't really comment on him. <laughs> Perhaps he is. <laughs> well, this is what the Blissettes uh, discuss in your absence. So, right. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever his fate in the autumn tree, um, we'll say that he perhaps deserved a hug. <laughs> He always, it's deserved a hug since book one. His koi <laughs> pond is not enough. <laughs> no, he's, um, yeah, he, he he loves that pond and he loves his fish. And, uh, yeah, he, he loves certain things in his life. But, uh, yeah, obviously there's a big part of it missing. And um, we, you know, I, I, I can't. I can't elaborate more because I can't give away the end of the tree. <laughs> no. I'm a bit stymied about that, I'm afraid. Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to say something and then thinking, oh, no, I can't say that. <laughs> no. Yeah, especially because you were so strict about it in the first place. It'd be funny if you uh, let it slip. <laughs> I'd blur it myself, yeah, wouldn't that? You know, I've warned everybody else, don't... Don't don't put away any spoilers and then I go and blurt it out. I'm trying to sort of obviously uh, hedge my way around what comes in the future, um, which is why I keep mentioning Penny Chandler and other things. 
you've done well to not let me trip you up as well. <laughs> not that I'm trying to, particularly, because I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> I like to keep you on your toes. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, if I'd have had a few drinks inside me, perhaps it would be slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's too early for that, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit too early, yeah. You've been out and had any Guinness yet? Now we're free. I haven't, no. Um, I'm, you know, I'm still waiting for a really nice day and the right time. Um, but, um, you know, I've got my uh, daughter and her fiancé coming up this weekend, so uh, we might we might slip out for a pint before Sunday lunch. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, for those who enjoy bliss, um, we'll probably be headed off down to the windmill, so uh, might spot him there, who knows? <laughs> Sitting in a corner, brooding and grumpy. <laughs> he doesn't brood, he's not a brooder. <laughs> well, it sounds very much according to your wife like you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw some of your comments, yes. Um, yeah, no, I'm not broody. I'm not a broody. Uh, yeah, I am, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, your wife doesn't comment very often, but when she does, she's brutal. <laughs> she's brutal. She's brutal like that in real life as well, believe me. <laughs> well, you're stuck with her, so... <laughs> I'm an abused spouse. Yeah, I'm sure, um, I'm sure you give as good as you get. Well, yeah, it's hard with her, though, because um, she just rolls off her, you know? She just so used to me insulting her that it just rolls off. <laughs> and she gives, yeah, she does. She gives us good. She's, you know, she's five foot nothing. And, uh, but she is mighty. <laughs> um, so what's coming up for you for the rest of the year? Have you got any plans apart from books? Well, no. Um well, I mean, potentially, like around about this time last year, when we were considering moving, I, we are considering moving. So we're going to have, we're going to have a look, see what's around over the summer. Um, and obviously, back down to uh, sort of West Sussex, near Medora. And we'll see. And that may or may not happen. It depends on the properties that are around and depends on our situation at the time. But it's something we'll consider. Um, but that's the only thing that will happen otherwise because uh, we've got nothing planned holiday-wise or anything because, uh, well, as you know, the situation of uh, what my daughter's wedding has been uh, postponed on two occasions now and that is going to happen next May, all being well. So we'll look forward to that and saving our pennies for that. Um, so, yeah, other than the move, um, it'll hopefully be more writing. But I just, as I said before, I'm just going to I'm going to take a little bit of a step back from everything and just see my next way forward um, and try and I'll have to see where I am. As I say, you know, let's see how the autumn tree goes. Let's see how the huntsman goes and what I decide to do with it. Because um, if I have to publish that myself, or I decide to publish that myself, there's a lot of work to do. Um, as for what I'm going to write next, I genuinely don't know. 
I've got three or four things partially started. So <laughs> that tells you, you know, I'm sort of delaying until I know where things stand really with these two books. And then I'll probably make a decision fairly soon after that as to what direction I'm heading in. But, um, yeah, other than that, it'll be just uh, we'll spend a bit of time down with my daughter over the summer. Um, have a look around for some houses, hopefully, and then perhaps gear ourselves up for a move. I mean, it all went flat last year when we pulled out of the purchase. Um, it was a lot of work and it was, it was, I don't know, quite stressful and quite depressing when we ended with nothing, you know. Uh, we'll be a little bit more choosy this time and we'll be, um, we, you know, we learned a lot from, from last year. And hopefully there'll be no COVID to get in the way. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, other than that, you know, as I say, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm kind of not looking forward to downtime, especially because even when I'm supposed to have downtime, I'm, I still find myself writing. You know, um, I, I just, I can't help myself, really. I just, I, I get, within two or three days of not writing, I find myself champing at the bit and I, and I want to do something, I want to write something. And even if it's freehand, you know, just pick up my pad and start writing a scene, you know, just something that's in my head. I've got all these little partial bits from at least four projects. And, and there's just little scenes and nothing rigid, nothing you know, set in stone, but there's just stuff that I've had to get out of my system at the time. Um, hopefully some of it will make sense when I go back and look at it. <laughs> some of it was written um, in the early hours of the morning after I've taken my sleeping pill and that hasn't worked. <laughs> so I constantly find myself picking up, opening up a document to find it as look as though it had been, you know, a cat had typed it or something, you know. <laughs> complete gibberish <laughs> so, um, yeah I mean some of it's obviously crap and some of it I just have to be in because I don't know what I was on at the time uh, <laughs> and some of it is hopefully helpful yeah. <laughs> but what I really want to do now is is uh, as I say it's hard it's, I don't mean get over next week but I want next week to be done with so that the autumn tree is out there. People have started to buy it. People have started to read it. The blog tour is over and I can sit back and think, well, yeah, that, that's that one done. Because it's funny, you know, these books take such a long time to write. <clears throat> they take such a long time to get out. But as soon as they are, they're kind of done with. You know, it's just a matter of they sit there then and people buy them or they don't buy them and you're already on to the next thing. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of sad in a little way. You get a little bit of melancholy shortly afterwards. You kind of think, that's sad, that's gone now. <laughs> that whole part of my life that I dedicated to the autumn tree will be over in a couple of weeks and I'll be moving on to something new. So, yeah. Your poor baby, <laughs> just oh. cast aside. <laughs> yeah, 
it, it kind of feels like, kind of feels as though you turn your back on them. <laughs> but, you know, you have to let them. Uh, you have to let them go eventually. And the moment you do that is when you know you either hand them over to your publisher or you bang them up on Amazon, and you, you just have to say, "Well, that's that's done with now." You know, I, I can't do any more for it other than promote it and just hope that people like. Um, you know, I think people who read this one will will like it. It's just getting people to read it in the first place. I know people will like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who, who knows? A Bliss readers will like it. I'm I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The Bliss sets won't let you down. We've got you. <laughs> but I, I genuinely, I kind of think this is a book that if people pick up having never read my work, that they would enjoy it. Um, because although there are references to the past, they're not, you don't need to have read the previous books. Obviously, you get a better understanding of the characters live So different in as to how you relate to the characters because if they're very new to you you might relate to them in a very different way but if you've been part of their development um they will probably mean more to you um, but hopefully that's the part where the characters and the storyline and all the other bits and pieces carry the entire weight of the book and will appeal to new readers as much as it appeals to bliss readers that's a hope. Always a hope. Yeah, I agree. Actually, it's. Um, I think it's the one that does stand alone most out of all of the Bliss books. Um, and like you said at the beginning, it's got a bit of everything. So, yeah, if anyone hasn't read them, then that is the one, and it's just amazing anyway. So, <laughs> well, and you know, it's slowly become. You know, it has become people's favourite so far of those who have read Bliss. And it, it, it very much is mine. Um, I mean, prior to that, I suppose my particular fondness was for Endless Silence Dream. Um, but then there's bits of each book that appeal to me. You know, I mean, I, I don't think of them often. Only when I'm writing another one, I think back and I think, is there anything from any experience or anything that's occurred in previous books that's relevant to what I'm writing now or I can refer to just people who have been with me all the way through just to keep them in contact with the past, you know. So there's always something that you can throw in. Um, but with this one, I think, yes, I think you're right. It's uh, the most standalone of them. Um, and probably because the characters have, have, have kind of reached um, a, a peak in terms of their development. There's not much more room for developing them. They're, you know, they're fully developed people now. They are what they are, and they're probably not going to change too much from what they are, other than personal decisions and, and, and things that affect them in terms of character the character's character, um, I don't think there's much to change. And I like them as they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, so people, 
people might say Bliss could do with a little bit of polish, but you know. <laughs> no, Bliss, Bliss is what Bliss is. You can't change Bliss. And people have tried. <laughs> and they've. Yeah, I- I think some people kind of take to him begrudgingly. They don't really know why. <clears throat> yeah, me and Amanda had that discussion. We don't know why. What it is, it just, we just love Bliss. If you asked us why, I couldn't tell you, but we just do. <laughs> well, I, 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 I kind of see that as a positive, you know. Um, I, 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 want, I, I want there to be many facets of his character that appeal to people and that and and also his flaws you know as we discussed bef- before um uh, you know there's always this constant debate about people carrying too much baggage and all that kind of shit um and i know some people get fed up with characters who have a bit of baggage but i just see it as a life led and i think as individuals we have baggage and actually what some people term as baggage i i don't um i think one of my blog tour posts um is not going to be a review of the book that's going to come later i think it's going to be a a kind of guest piece that i wrote and that kind of addresses this whole thing about you know whether you can have too much baggage um and I think you can, but it, it it depends on what you describe or think of as baggage. There's not much about bliss that I think of in that way, because as I as I've kind of tried to point out to people, he had a he had a happy childhood. He met someone he you know he fell in love with. They they had a happy marriage. Um, the only one thing that's ever really screwed him up is what screws him up now. But it's only one thing. Um, yeah, he has an illness to cope with, but so do many people. So it's just life, I feel. Um, so if people kind of relate to him in terms of his positives and his negatives, then I think that makes him a little bit more fully formed. And and, and I'm glad of it. You know, I would change the beginning of the Bliss series slightly, as you know, to address that 12-year gap that occurs between books one and two. And, but there's not much else I'd change about it. The whole baggage thing annoys me, actually, because everyone has something, you know, everybody. There's no one that goes through life and doesn't experience something. So why shouldn't fiction reflect that? It really irritates me. Well, people say there's too much of it and it's, you know, yawn kind of thing. The trouble, the thing is, if there are thousands of books about crime, many of them are going to have people who have lived a life which is full of baggage, as it were, or things that people deem to be baggage. You know, I mean, you know, Bliss is not a heavy drinker. He's not a gambler. He's not a womanizer as such. He, he, you know, he doesn't have those flaws in his character. Um, he does have other flaws, and like real flaws, flaws that are personal to him. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think there's too much focus on that kind of thing because if you read a lot of crime, 
you are going to encounter a lot of those characters. And the fact that they exist is not so much a, you know, a flaw of um, the the creation of them. It's just the fact that they're in abundance. There's just so many of them. The chances are that, that you know, they're going to have some issues to deal with in their lives. If you don't write about them, that's fine too. You know, I've never complained about a character that doesn't seem to have all of those issues in their life. But I don't really understand why people complain about those people who have issues either. Um, and I think it happens a bit too often. I think there's, um, you know, without going into too much detail, I think too often people want to write about the things they dislike about books more than the things they like. And it seems, you know, the, the problem that you see in books where they talk about things they dislike, they get such a lengthy contribution. And someone, someone, someone else will say, oh, this is what I like about books. And it has like you know a dozen responses, and I think we're just kind of programmed at the moment to feel more negatively about things. Yeah, maybe. I don't. Yeah, I don't get that either. Um, yeah, I think I saw one recently, and I commented saying, "You do know that there's a person behind the book, you know, and that they can probably read this. So perhaps you should not concentrate constantly on the bad stuff." Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, they, you know, the people who mention names especially are, you know, out of order. But there's many now that don't, but they kind of steer you towards who they're talking about or what they're talking about. And it might be a number of people, but at the same time, they kind of conflate the characters with the author. And that's not, that's just, that there might be an element of the author in some of those characters. But you don't know which characters they're most like because you don't know them. Um, so you don't know. They might be spreading their character out amongst many characters. Um, so it's, a, it's an odd um, infatuation, I think, with people of conflating the two. You know, if you write, if your character thinks this, you must think it as the author. Well, that, that would... That just patently can't be true because there are so many people in novels these days. You can't be like them all. And I'm certainly not a serial killer, so. <laughs> well, not that anyone's found out yet. <laughs> I hide my tracks better than most of them. <laughs> it's, it's been an argument that's been going, you know, around for the last few years. And I think one of the Pro, you know, not the problems, but I think the source of that is the fact that people read so much now. There's so many books available, so many cheap books available, and people read hundreds of books a year rather than dozens. And so you bound to you are bound to encounter those kind of characters more if you read more. I just think it's one of those things. Plus the fact that you can always close it and put it down, can't you? Yeah, exactly. I don't understand why people whinge. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm, 
as you know, I, I have absolutely no problem with people criticizing if it's um, if it's thoughtful. Um, but when they say that kind of things are cliched and stuff like that, I'm not talking they say it about me, but I'm saying in general, if they say something's a bit too cliched and oh, we've had enough, well, frankly, some of the complaints are a bit cliched as well. Yes. You know, that's it. That's probably going to go down a storm, isn't it, when people listen to that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just my opinion. You know, I just think sometimes we focus a bit too much on the negative side. Um, and I, if someone wants to criticise my work or other people's work, as long as it's thoughtful and as long as it's something could, you know, even possibly slightly constructive, then I'm all for it because we can all take a bit of criticism or we should be able to do. You know, we put ourselves out there. We should have skin's thick enough to cope with a few criticisms as long as they're they're decent criticisms and you can learn from them or you can just say okay you didn't like that book fair enough maybe you'll like the next one but it's criticizing for criticizing sake that i kind of don't like yeah i agree anyway let's get off of that because uh, yes. I, should, I should start venting and it will turn into a rant. And uh, <laughs> I don't think people want to see that side. No, they they think you're so lovely, Tony. <laughs> well, I am absolutely wonderful, of course. I know. I tell you this all the time, do I not? <laughs> I'm Maggie and you don't believe either of us. No, I mean, there's neither version is true. I'm just a person, you know, and uh, I have my likes and my dislikes. And um, occasionally I get to talk about them. Occasionally I even mention them in comments. But most of the time I tend to steer clear of it because it's just a bit too depressing. You look like being told you had a big head. <laughs> well, that came from you. And, um, oh. yeah, fundamentally disagree with that. I... I <laughs> <laughs> I always, you know, I am my least favourite reader of my own work. You know, I kind of, I, I just uh, I struggle with, you know, I struggle with believing in myself too much. Um, so, but which made me laugh at the big head thing even more. <laughs> of course, we have now over this period of the last year or so taken that to the extreme i think and i'm all for it yeah i really do think you have to laugh at be able to laugh at yourself you know yeah well it's a good job you laugh at me as well otherwise i could be in trouble you'd be otherwise you'd get really offended and not talk to me and that would just be bad <laughs> imagine if I was someone who took offence at everything, the stuff that you've said. <laughs> that's like nothing, that's slander. <laughs> I, I, you know, as I think I mentioned before, you know, I, um, I, I, I grew up in a family that, you know, treats insults as kindness. You know, um, sarcasm rules the waves. And uh, you have to be able to take that as well as dish it out. So I'm all in favour of it. <laughs> if, if people get too personal and nasty, 
then definitely they would sit another side of my character. Um, and they would certainly do so and have done so if they pick on my family. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I can certainly take criticism and I can certainly take uh, your dig at my massive head. It is. I mean, I've never been able to find a hat to fit it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Actually, you know, it makes me laugh because you mean big head in one way. My wife always says I have a massive head, but she means it physically. She always says my head is massive. And I think it's in proportion, but she says not. And obviously what she says is law, so you can't disagree with her. Well, no, I, I mean, I disagree with her all the time, but she never takes any notice, so in reality it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm sure you there's still time. Well, I've tried and I've been at it for over you know 30 years, so <laughs> you're doing the normal man thing of not listening properly. I reckon if you listen properly, I reckon it might you might sneak in, she might let her defenses down, but you're well, not thinking. I, I kind of I've learned to tune certain <laughs> stuff out. Um, so namely her voice. Um, <laughs> uh, no, there's stuff. And of course, now that I'm going deaf in, especially this year, um, I, it, I can really use that. I mean, sometimes it genuinely happens. If I'm not looking at her, I can't hear her. Uh, but I do use it, obviously, as a ploy, uh, because why not? You know, you use everything. <laughs> oh, so I hope she doesn't watch this because you're just going to be a dead man. <laughs> Probably won't, but even if she does, uh, you know. Um, I, I, I'm, she's got a daughter coming up to see her, so she'll be happy for a few days. <laughs> That's your daughter as well. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. But they'll gang up on you, I gather, from what I see on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, when we're in the same room, we kind of gang up on my wife. <laughs> um, because we kind of hopeful that, you know, our two voices will uh, outgun hers lone voice. Um, so, now, my daughter's kind of uh, uh, fairly even in the way she distributes her poison. Yeah, she's also brutal. <laughs> Is brutal and she's much more brutal than she appears on social media, believe me. <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, that's her fault. We're her parents. I know she had no chance, bless her. <laughs> well, she didn't. And we also, um, you know, we allowed her to express herself quite freely. <laughs> she always knew where the line was, but, you know, she. Uh, she teetered on the brink occasionally. You know, her toes were over the edge. <laughs> but she did send you donuts, so she's not all terrible. No, she was um uh she was she was a great kid, a monster of a teenager, and she's a wonderful person now, so you know. Look at you getting all soft. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was well, a soft center in there somewhere. <laughs> very proud of everything she's achieved, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I don't think I have anything else for you unless there's anything else that you want to say. Uh, no, other than to 
obviously, thank you once again for having me on. I think this is, what, the fourth time now, so um, you're doing really well for me. And, uh, I, you know, just, just really say you the best of luck with your new book and all your adventures and hopefully your uh, your uh, education as well. <laughs> you just have to go ruin it, don't <laughs> remind oh, me that. It <laughs> uh, does well and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll be chatting to each other again shortly, um, perhaps even about the Huntsman, but you know, who knows? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that's the next thing we talk about is that. Yeah, uh, I, I appreciate all your support and thank you for having me on here again. And uh, yeah, have a good evening. Take care you of yourself. Too. Have you got um, the autumn tree anywhere handy to show everybody? You know what, I wish I had, but it hasn't arrived yet. Is that them sloths again? <laughs> no, it's, um, this was my, well actually, yeah. Um, slightly well it's not a funny story it's quite a depressing story um somebody noticed a typo in my um in the blurb on amazon when i read it i, I couldn't see it for the life of me i couldn't see it when they pointed it out to me it was so obvious but you know you get word blindness and as i was changing it i thought oh i'm sure i took this from the blurb that i did for the cover and there it was on the cover. So I'd just ordered the books. So I stopped the order, had to get the cover changed, had to get it back up on Amazon. So I lost about three or four days um, and then reordered again. So uh, yeah, I was hoping the books would be here so that I could hold up a nice shiny new one for you so that you can see and i didn't i haven't even printed the cover i usually do a4 prints to put in frames and i haven't even done that yet so I, i've got nothing to show you i'm afraid what sort of author are you honestly absolutely yeah. i think yeah. maybe i might have shared it once or twice so i reckon i think people have seen it i think they're probably aware of what it looks like <laughs> Um, yeah. I think it's kind of out there. Um, yeah, and I think you've, uh, you know, been wrapped over the knuckles enough. <laughs> <laughs> I know, always getting told off these days. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, 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 I am sorry for not having that with me. I wouldn't have, I know we were due to do this on Monday and I wouldn't have had it by Monday anyway, but I was hoping that delaying it by two days, I'd have the book. Because um, um, I, I think that, probably it's slightly delayed as well because i've ordered more this time because i've got a lot more going out uh signed versions going out this time so yeah uh, i've had a big order this time awesome. well that's cool well everyone knows anyway because i'm pretty sure i've posted it like a million times now so <laughs> yeah and i'll be uh obviously i'll be promoting it a little bit more and then next week for the blog tour there'll be a few more posts i know people you know some people will be sick of it but um I, as i've said to people especially on facebook you can snooze me for 30 days if you want and to get over this period or just scroll by you know if you're not interested but you, you know we've we've got to promote ourselves one way or another so 
And do you just want to give a little shout out to your um, thing on Monday for, on UK CBC? Oh, yeah. Well, yes, on UK CBC, uh, I was scheduled to do an interview um, with Alex, um, but he's had to pull out. So I'm now doing a combined one uh, with Catherine. I'm not sure how Yaffe. I'm not sure how to pronounce the name. Um, yeah, I did. Um, what was it? I did a podcast with her recently. Um, I was on her podcast, and uh, we gelled quite well. And, and um, the people in the group sort of said, "How about doing a combined interview with her on Monday as well?" So that's on at seven o'clock. Uh, UK CBC and um, I've got a couple more lined up as well um, for later months but I'll um, I shall post about those as they come up so yeah that's happening on Monday because it'll be a busy day Monday with it being released and, and the first reviews coming in from the blog tour so yeah fairly busy entire day on Monday and actually I can't wait you know I'm, I'm I'm beyond that point of nervousness now. Now I'm just excited. So, uh, yeah, all the nerves are gone, the tension is gone, the stress is gone, and it's just a matter of getting there now and uh, hoping that people like it. <laughs> so, thank you very much.